Our conversation today revolves around the topic of inflammation. We will discuss the causes of inflammation, the types of inflammation. We will talk about the differences between acute inflammation and chronic inflammation. We will take a look at the labs that your doctor can order in order to see if you're suffering from chronic inflammation. And finally, we will take a look at strategies that you can take to bring overall inflammation down. This and much more on the Good Medicine Podcast. I'm Fernando Bernal. Welcome to the Good Medicine Podcast. During this series of podcasts, we will explore thought-provoking topics related to health and wellness and take a fresh look at how integration of modern medicine with ancient methods of healing are leading the pathway to better therapeutic strategies, yielding long-lasting positive results. That and much more on the Good Medicine Podcast with your host, Fernando Bernal. First, as usual, let's define our terms. The term inflammation comes from the Latin word inflammare, meaning to set on fire with passion. Sounds kind of romantic, but it's far from it. Based on visual observations, the ancients characterized inflammation by five cardinal signs, namely redness, which in Latin they call rubor, heat, calor, swelling, tumor, pain, dolor and loss of function, as function lasia. The first four of these signs were named by a Roman physician around 30 before Christ BC, Cornelius Celsus, and the last one by a Greek physician, Galen, around a year, almost 200 after Christ. And that was the loss of function. But what is inflammation? First, It is a defensive response control, an issue primarily by the immune system, which delivers white blood cells to the area that's been affected in an effort to restore homeostasis or balance to the tissues in the body that have been assaulted. Uh, the result of this response from the immune system leads to redness, swelling, and symptoms such as fever. But what is the mechanism behind that? When the body senses that there is damage to tissue, there is a physiological response within the blood vessels. The first thing that happens is that the blood vessels dilate, they expand. They also become more permeable, meaning that the ingredients that are inside the blood vessels are able to sip out, out of the blood uh, into the tissue that is in need of help. This, of course, includes the red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, uh, as well as the fluids that are found inside the blood vessels. And this mechanism is what accounts for the reaction for the first four signs of inflammation, meaning the redness, warmth, swelling, and pain. The redness is due to the amount of red blood cells that flood into the tissue, and the, the warmth Uh, is the temperature. Now, this is due to the fact that the blood is warmer than the outside of the body, not the peripheral of the body or the skin. Our body produces a great amount of heat from metabolism. This heat is primarily generated by the liver, which is the organ that does a lot of the metabolism in the body. So the liver and the brain produce the most amount of heat in the body. The brain produces around 20% of that heat. The heart, of course, produces heat because it's working. The skeletal muscles do generate heat 
when we are exercising, but that's not considered a factor in inflammation unless we are excessively exercising. Then exercise becomes a factor in inflammation. And we'll save that for another conversation. So the redness from the red blood cells, the warmth from the temperature of the blood, the swelling from the fluid that sips out of the blood vessels to the area. And the pain is due to the direct effect of the mediators, the chemicals that are released either from the initial damage of that area, the skin or whatever tissue, or that that is a result of the inflammatory response itself, the stretching of the sensory nerves due to edema, swelling, and pain. And pain is due to the direct effect of mediators, the chemicals that are released either from initial damage or that resulting from the inflammatory response itself, and the stretching of the sensory nerves uh, due to the swelling or the edema. And the fifth cardinal sign that was proposed by Galen a couple of hundred years later is the loss of function. And we will discuss that later on. And it's applicable when we think about conditions that are brought on by chronic inflammation, such as rheumatoid arthritis, where the tissue itself gets damaged as a result of the inflammation. And there is loss of function there. It's similar to the inflammation that happens inside the blood vessels as they become full of plaque or atherosclerosis. And in turn, that causes the blood vessels not to be able to properly dilate or constrict because of the plaque. Uh, it also happens on the airwaves of the bronchioles in the lungs. The bronchial wall becomes damaged due to prolonged inflammation, perhaps from asthma or bronchitis, chronic bronchitis. That we will deal with in the future when we talk about inflammation, how it leads to autoimmune disorders. There are two types of inflammation for our purposes here is acute and chronic inflammation. Most of us are familiar with acute inflammation. This is the redness, the warmth, the swelling, and the pain around tissues and joints that occur in response to an injury. You fall down, you hit your knee, and it gets swollen, red, it gets warm, and it's painful. This is an acute response, and it's a good response. We need that in order to perhaps not continue doing something that's going to further aggravate the injury. Like when you cut yourself. When the body is injured, your immune system releases white blood cells to surround and protect the area. Inflammation is considered the cornerstone of disease in that the changes that are observed are indicative of some injury or disease itself, some pathology. In other words, when there is inflammation, something is wrong. Acute inflammation is how your body fights infection and helps speed up uh, the healing process. In this way, inflammation is good because it protects the body. This process works the same if you have a virus, like a cold or the flu. Chronic inflammation, in contrast, when the inflammation gets turned up too high and lingers for a long time, and the immune system continues to release into the tissue white blood cells and chemical messengers, the so-called cytokines. We heard a lot about the cytokine storm during the pandemic. That prolonged process that is known as chronic inflammation, from the body's perspective, it, it is under a consistent attack, so the immune system keeps fighting indefinitely. An abnormal inflammatory response is involved in the majority of acute and chronic conditions, with strong evidence linking chronic inflammation 
to the development of autoimmune disorders, which is why we need to be aware of chronic inflammation. For example, if you're overweight and have more visceral fat cells, the deep fat tissues that surround the organs, the immune system may see those cells as a threat and attack them with white blood cells. But it's fat tissue, but the immune system thinks that that may be a foreign object and begin to attack it with white blood cells. So the longer we are overweight, this is just an example, the longer your body can remain in a state of inflammation. When this happens, white blood cells may end up attacking nearby healthy tissues and organs. See, where we're leading here with chronic inflammation, attacking a given tissue, in the long term, the body may end up attacking healthy tissues that are not necessarily from the outside, they're not foreign tissue. This is often called uh, molecular mimicry, where the protein sequences that make up a particular type of food, say milk or cheese or meat, or or the sequence of, of proteins or amino acids that make up a bacteria or any foreign object is similar to the sequences of proteins that make up uh, one of our tissues. The immune system gets confused and begins to attack healthy tissue, again, due to this molecular mimicry and prolonged chronic inflammation. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. Research has shown that chronic inflammation is associated with uh, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, arthritis, uh, bowel diseases like Crohn's, uh, ulcerative colitis, that type of thing. Is, is Chronic inflammation uh, is responsible for a lot of these conditions. Most of the time, we don't need to worry too much about acute inflammation. You can take over-the-counter pain reliever to help relieve symptoms or apply a cold compress to reduce the swelling. Otherwise, it is usually best to let inflammation do its work to help the healing. Uh, often, we're too quick to try to bring inflammation down. There are several stages in the healing process in which inflammation is involved. And if we are too quick to stop the process, then the healing is not complete. This is why I find in my practice conditions that happened, say, six months, a year ago, two years ago, and they come back. Oh, my knee was hurt two years ago. I went skiing and it got better. But then now, it's, again, it's flare up. A lot of times it's because we too quickly remove the inflammation, trying to bring the swelling down, trying to bring all that process uh, down too quickly. We need to be more uh, cognizant of that process. Of course, the, the cause of acute inflammation may need treatment. For example, a bacterial infection. Uh, it may require antibiotics or antimicrobials, whether they're herbal or pharmaceutical. It's another story, but we might need to do some type of intervention uh, if we have some type of, you know, significant amount of, of fever or, or symptoms that are severe, pain or shortness of breath. Uh, we might need to see your doctor, of course. Chronic inflammation is often invisible since it does not show the telltale physical signs the way acute inflammation does, the redness, the pain, the swelling, and so on. So how can you prevent or reduce inflammation that you cannot necessarily see or feel? The only way to detect chronic inflammation is to have an evaluation by your doctor. He or she will review your symptoms, perform a physical examination, and perhaps check you know, your blood labs for signs of inflammation. If I have time later, I will discuss the biomarkers in your labs that, if elevated, indicate inflammation. 
Otherwise, the best approach is to prevent conditions related to chronic inflammation. It goes back to the basics, maintaining a healthy weight, choosing a good diet, and we will take a look at the anti-inflammatory diet when we talk about strategies to decrease chronic inflammation. In closing, let me share with you some of the ways that you can tell whether you have chronic inflammation. We already know what to look for, for acute inflammation. One telltale sign of chronic inflammation is generalized body pain. All your joints hurt, your back hurts, your tissue hurts. Generalized body pain is usually an indication of systemic inflammation. So that's right there, one of the ways that you can tell. You can also do labs, and there are specific labs that have been ordered three years for chronic inflammation, particularly one called CRP, C-reactive protein. This is a biomarker that is standard uh, for overall inflammation in the body. Another biomarker will be the sedimentation rate. These are things you can ask your doctor to order in case you're considering the possibility that you are being afflicted by systemic inflammation, C-reactive protein, uh, sedimentation rate, you can also ask for something called homocysteine levels. Homocysteine is uh, a, a byproduct of metabolism, and when it's high, it can indicate inflammation as well. Another biomarker is the ratio between the neutrophils and the lymphocytes. If a doctor were to do the ratio on that, if there's a particular number that will indicate that there is chronic inflammation, particularly in the vascular system. You can also ask if ferritin is elevated. Ferritin is an acute phase reactant and is an indication of inflammation, usually acute, but also chronic. I hope that uh, today's podcast has been helpful. If you have any questions, feel free to call us at our clinic and our practice at 904-806-7123. And on my website, I have an inflammation quiz that you can take and see if you have inflammation in your body. You can see that at the goodmedicinepodcast.com or fernandobernal.com. I thank you for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next week. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to the Good Medicine Podcast. To learn more about our practice, see us on the web at thegoodmedicinepodcast.com or call us at 904 904- 806-7123. That's 904-806-7123. Thank you for listening.